0: Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. Hey
1: everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Peg. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You.
2: Today we are covering episode 9 of season 4, titled She's Not There. The penultimate episode, and I'm still not. Quite
1: sure what the title is in reference to uh me either i (laughs) i come to you for these things i was kind of expecting you to uh help me out on this um yeah i don't know she's not there huh i don't know we might have to ponder that maybe maybe (laughs) as we are dissecting the episode maybe it'll come to us i don't know yeah i'm not sure what what it was in reference to either but here we are at the penultimate episode. We have one more to go before the finale of uh, season four. And we know we're getting, we talked about it last week. We know we're getting a season five. Don't know when we'll keep everyone up to date. And of course we'll cover yeah. it here. Uh, what did you think of the penultimate episode?
2: Um, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, cool. Definitely had some heavy moments. Mm. Um, Had some really interesting uh cameos that I was excited <laughs> to see. Those were really cool. Yeah. Um, And yeah, just kind of furthering some stories. Of course, it's leaving me with co- some other questions. And I'm like, man, how do we wrap this up in one episode? <laughs> but, but yeah, I but I trust them uh, to see kind of where we end this chapter.
1: I agree. They this season is definitely had its ups and downs a little bit with the writing we've talked about it but um i i've enjoyed it so i and i'm also trusting them to figure out how to wrap this up this season anyway hopefully they eventually do the final and they'll wrap it up as a whole really well but uh i have i have faith in them um this this episode had a, a lot going on there's pushing a lot of plots and stories um and it it was a you know hard to keep up with some of them but i did enjoy it overall and yeah like you said some really great cameos um, and that i I was pretty excited about too um well with that being said let's go ahead and jump into our top points and let's get it started um what what do you want to start with tonight
2: all right although i usually start small no uh this I w- I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, All right, I'm going big, which, okay. Let's let's talk about those cameos. Um, yeah. But also just that whole sequence. I have Joe's nightmare sequence, this drug-induced nightmare. Uh, you know, Joe Culper, welcome to your drug-induced nightmare featuring cameos from your favorite victims. <laughs> Step on down. Um, <laughs> mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, uh, and so this dream, which I had no idea was a dream at first, on first watch, so it was really terrifying, Mm -hmm, uh, starts with Joe not remembering the code for the box when he decides to let Marianne out, which uh, the code that he puts in, fun fact for anyone... One, two, one, three, eight, nine. That is Taylor, Taylor Swift's, Swift's birthday. birthday. Yeah. Uh, you got Joe's it, a major Swifty. Confirmed. Joe's a Swifty.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, he did kill his wife to a Taylor Swift song. So, you know, mm, that's true. He's, <laughs> he's a big fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, of course, Marianne goes into this anaphylactic shock due to peanut oil in the coffee, which, ew, why? But then actually, Maybe that could be good. I've had good peanut butter flavored coffee before. So damn, now I'm curious about that.
1: <laughs> well, I have put uh, like coconut oil and, uh-huh. and what's the, is it, is it M- MCT oil, which is like coconut oil, I guess, that you can buy when you're like doing keto and you add a uh-huh. little bit of that to your, they call it bulletproof coffee. You know like
2: the bulletproof is, yeah. I've heard like just straight butter.
1: Oh yeah, coffee, you can do Also
2: the bulletproof stuff. Yeah. Yep,
1: you can do butter too. Yeah, get get some of that fat in there. So, I don't know if that's I've never never tried peanut oil, but I don't know if that's I don't know. And isn't that how uh oh shoot. What was his name in season 1, the dude that was was he dating Beck?
2: Oh yeah, Benji.
1: Benji, thank you. Oh yes, we've <laughs> talked about Benji uh, countless times. That was how Benji died yeah Uh,
2: okay yeah i
1: I, and i don't remember that that was on purpose or not but that was how joe took out benji probably was throwback
2: uh on purpose yeah uh but okay so that makes sense why then that connection is there but it is the first sign that something is off because joe knows that marianne's not allergic to peanuts and he would know (laughs) (laughs) he's very thorough on what he knows about people um And so Joe realizes then that he actually needs a key to the box to open it. And then, boom, the first ghost of murder's past, Gemma. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm seeing that this nightmare is actually doing what Reese in his head couldn't do uh, to get him to actually face who he is and what he is and confront and speak to it. And that's kind of what this nightmare sequence is. And I like calling the ghost of the ghosts of murder's past. Uh, he has his second one Guinevere back, which how awesome was it to see Elizabeth Lale back on the show uh fantastic <laughs>
1: I loved her
2: that that was a that was a surprise I did not expect that one mm-hmm. and it was really cool to see it same uh she's gonna start with a reading of Bluebeard's castle ain't that a throwback
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: to a room of other women and I wasn't sure exactly. At first, I thought they were supposed to be like other backs with like their faces turned away, where they wouldn't look at Joe or wouldn't show that. But then I was like really looking at like their hairstyles and kind of thing, and I was like, maybe not. Maybe it's just random grouping of purposefully purposefully faceless women, just kind of right. This like <laughs> to to speak to like Joe just kind of crimes against women and like the way he views women and his misogyny that you know those kind of things. Uh, but then they all just turn into peaches, which that was clever. Uh, <laughs> throw in that reference to another victim, uh, the surrounding Guinevere, so that was fun. Yes, <laughs> and like he's like looking at that, like that was a weird choice. She's like, "Don't look at me; it's your dream." Uh- <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Uh, and then the big one, the third interaction he has in this dream, <sighs> love Quinn, which. Yay, Victoria Padretti. So happy to see her. But this this was probably the reason uh, a lot of people maybe thought she was coming back
1: mm. officially
2: or something because uh, this scene must have been hinted at or something in a trailer. I don't watch the trailers, so I,
1: I did not either. I for some reason I had also heard some theory. Oh, is love coming back? I'm like, wait, why would we think that? And yeah. without like you, I didn't go watch any of the trailers or anything. Um, So this must be it, Um, and so she kind of did, just in a flashback kind of way, which I I loved.
2: Yeah, she's back, but not, but not really. Uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love the way that she. Again, it was great having Victoria Pedretti because
0: her character,
2: love, and just the way she says things, her delivery, and oh, it was great. You know, oh, you're going through it. I love that line. Uh,
1: (laughs) She's so good.
2: Uh, and she's she's the most brutal of these uh, pasts coming back to haunt him, but she does it with a smile.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and and the way she, you know, he goes, "I'm not blaming you, really. That's new." You know, <laughs> just the way that she says, "like us, we our love wing, like our love language, uh, not your pattern. <laughs> it's definitely us, not you." And then the camera kind of turns and she changes her face real fast and reveals Marion in the background. So is this a coincidence? You know, I was just like, Oh man.
1: <laughs> yeah. She laid it out.
2: It was very brutal. Uh, and then yeah, tops it off hardcore with somebody needs to die for this to end. Um, damn. <laughs> it was definitely, yeah, Joe, it really was going through it. Wasn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. But but he wakes up from this dream with the plan changed to to go along with what love had told him there at the end to stop the cycle. You know, he'll free Marianne and then make sure that he never does this to another woman again. Right? Uh, somehow I doubt that's going to happen. Maybe it's the fifth season being revealed for sure. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> right, even without that information, I yeah, I was like I I don't see that being the end for Joe. Uh, at least not right now. What's gonna rechange his mind? I don't know, but we'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely left us hanging for sure. Um, the The cameos in this drug dream was also one of my points as well. So I'll just mm-hmm. add to that and um, add to what you said. Um, I it wasn't clear to me when we saw Gemma exactly what her purpose was, except for maybe just calling out that Joe didn't take any responsibility for it, I guess. And I guess, yeah. you know, that's kind of the whole point of all of this is just to, cause it seems like he still can't accept it. I feel like even seeing this other side of himself in, in the form of Reese, he, he's still denying that. Like I'm, that's still not me. And maybe it's because yeah. he's looking at it uh, with, this other side of himself with like Reese's face and everything. So he's not able to maybe wreck Like that's, that's not me is he's still in this like denial phase, I guess. And it seems like this other part of himself is, is, you know, coming back in these versions and in these cameos of his past, some of the past people that he's killed. And we know he's killed more than just um, these women, mm-hmm. um, you know, to taunt him. And try to get him to accept responsibility for what he's done. So I, that's how I took that with Gemma. Because um, I'm like, I'm not really sure what, what role she was, especially when you look at that we got Beck and uh, Love, too, who were definitely a little bit more higher up in Joe's past than like Gemma. Um, but, you know, as much as what I couldn't stand, Gemma throughout the entire season I actually thought she was pretty funny and yeah. <laughs> i didn't mind her so much maybe it's because she was already dead i don't know right. <laughs> i didn't mind her so much she was actually kind of funny um and then yeah complete and total surprise to see bex i mean she she i really enjoyed uh i, I mean man i really did rail on her a lot she was and i on occasion still do there was something she did that was so freaking annoying but at Mm -hmm. the same time i think she was so fabulously um portrayed by elizabeth lael i think she did a great job um and so it was so great to see her and then love oh my god i i mean i've i know said so many times i've got a huge girl crush on victoria pedretti i mean she's awesome and i've mentioned a couple of times throughout the season how i just I struggle so much with this relationship with uh, Kate and Joe. Like I just, it's, I don't see that chemistry. And when I got Beck and uh, love back, it brought it all back. Why? Because
2: uh. the,
1: the, the chemistry that he has with Beck and love with those two just amplified how little chemistry in my opinion he has with Kate. Um mm. You know, I'm like this is why I'm struggling. This is why, and and you just brought it all back to the forefront for me. You know, by seeing uh, his interaction with love and his interaction with Beck, and what made those seasons so amazing. Um, So, all that was was great, and to see them sharing some screen time again was awesome. I really miss you know Victoria (laughs) Petretti. I know I think there was like a um, a theory or maybe like a a fan kind of wish that instead of uh love dying in season three it would have been joe and love would have been in season four and it would have been like her you know kind of doing what joe does or whatever kind of carrying it on i don't think i would have hated that so much because she's I'd, i'd watch it yeah she's so great she's so great i love her um and she's still such a young actress um i remember haunting of hill house was like the first thing that she'd ever done and she was so freaking amazing. And yeah. to see her go from that and then Bly Manor, um, to to you, seasons um two and three. Um, she's she's really grown as an actress. But anyway. Um so I I loved all of that. Um, I loved the callbacks, love the cameos. I loved, like you said, Beck was uh reading um Bluebeard. Um she read that in mm-hmm. the season one finale, I believe. uh uh-huh. So that was and I think that was the title of that finale episode of season one. Um, so that was a nice little callback as well. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, I don't know where that's going to take us. Um, if it's enough to really push Joe, um, kind of hard to see where he was going there at the end when they, uh, when they left us. So, yeah, yeah, just had to, had to kind of mention all that too. And, um, you know, great callbacks. Mm hmm. Let's see. What is your next point?
2: All right. Um, Let's talk about Nadia this episode. Uh, (laughs) Let's just go ahead and do that. Um (laughs) Let's. Yeah. So where the episode starts. Yeah, Nadia was down there when Joe went down there. So my theory that I was like, ooh, what if that's the meaning of the title of the episode? And you're like, no, because clearly this scene that you didn't pay attention to on the second watch and it was like oh yeah um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh nadia's down there when joe descends the stairs but does have time to hide since they could hear him coming uh then after he leaves she rushes back over to talk to marianne and she's still not thinking very brightly you know that what what happened to this smartest student in the whole class because uh my god you know Okay, I get that you don't want to take the risk of getting the police involved, so what if I took an even bigger risk and I decided to murder my professor for you? Yeah. How's that sound as (laughs) it grabs a plan? Um I don't know how we got there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then Marion says that she'll kill Joe if Nadia can just knock him out and bring him back. I'm like, sure, that's not going to be difficult at all. Mm -mm. That's... Seamless plan. Because it's Good worked job, so gosh.
1: well before.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh and then what is this, Dexter? With all the ketamine <laughs> ketamine?
1: Oh uh, god, yeah, that's right. Good callback.
2: Uh brings me back. Yeah, uh to not really that long ago, yeah, when we covered New Blood, but all the-, the ketamine. Uh and then yeah, Nadia's really trying to put together this whole drug and kill the psycho plan, but she can't get a knife past a turnstile, so I don't know if this is the plan for her. <laughs> it's not, not going so well. So yeah, not a huge point to talk about, but I wanted to bring her up because then, yeah, the next week, next and only other time we see her this episode there near the end, Edward bails her out, gives her the ketamine. Uh, and, but sees her focus on whatever she's doing and she's not telling him anything about it. It's enough for him to kind of just be done with her, which seems a little quick, but I get it, I guess. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, she's just, she's like, is not even, it's not even like registering to her. He's like, are we even supposed to be together? Are we going to break up? And she's like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>.
1: That's <laughs> really nice. That's how we treat people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. And she's taken off. Uh, of course, then, you know, Joe is with Marianne at the end of the episode. How we see that play out, we'll talk about. Yeah. So the last we see Nadia is she's headed back to Marianne, but like. Seemingly too little, too late, and her plan has just been all kinds of haywire. I'm like, I mean, clearly Nadia is still going to play into this last episode somehow, something major, I think, but yeah, it was just kind of her her in this episode was kind of strange because she was literally a little all over the place. just
1: <laughs> I agree with you. um I just had a little note about Nadia because yeah, she wasn't in it very much and didn't do a whole lot. So more of a a footnote, I guess. Um but yeah, she was really clumsy in in this episode. Y- you know, why don't you just put money on your freaking card? I don't <laughs> I don't know what this the the metro or subway or trains, you know, whatever the public transportation system is in London, I don't know what the hell it's called, but why don't you just load some money on there? Why why are you trying to you know, thieve your way through knowing there's like a cop right over there and end up getting mm-hmm. arrested because you've got a freaking knife, you know, <laughs> in your in your bag.
2: It's the tube, right?
1: Oh, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I it believe shows. so. I have not been to London.
2: I don't. I don't. Know I don't keep up. So, oh, yes, I'm jealous. Um, It is the yeah, the London Underground, the tube. Okay. Yeah, I've I've been to London once, and yeah, and I've I've ridden on on the tube. I've taken the public transit there. Well, there you go. I'll always remember. Mind the gap.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, just put some <laughs> put some freaking money on your card. Uh, so yeah, I don't. It's it's. <laughs> I guess it's I guess for the plot for the story, but it just they had to start with you know her being smart and clever it seems to now being just kind of dumb and it's it's just kind of disappointing uh because yeah she was really kind of scattered and it was just like you know whatever so i don't know i hope i hope that it plays out well but i don't know i don't i don't know that it's it's going to go very well for her um in in this episode I feel like she's going to end up getting hurt but we'll see Um, so yeah, she was kind of a footnote for me. Um let's see. Well my next point, uh, we're gonna talk about Phoebe. Um, kind of a a short point. I've got one big one in here somewhere and um but she's up at the top for me. Mm -hmm. Even I do wanna just say this is really shallow, um, considering what happens to her in this episode. But you know, even how desperate she was um in this downward spiral that she was in um i really want that robe that she was wearing when <laughs> she got married that was a fabulous uh-huh. robe i don't know i'm gonna have to try and look that up it was gorgeous um but she always looks fabulous regardless yes. of whatever crisis um she's going through just want to mm-hmm. mention that um i'm really sad for her Mm Um, to see her, like I said, I've, I've really, uh, she's the one that I've connected with out of this whole group of rich friends. Like I just, I just don't and didn't care about any of them at all. Uh, they were all just so dumb or uninteresting or just so outrageous. And it's like, if I'm, if I'm watching something like that, I want to watch them on white Lotus. I don't want to see it. on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't watched that show, and oh, I need to. I really need to. You I keep do. I all the best things.
1: It's so great. And if you – now, you know, we've trashed a lot about Adam, the character, but the actor that plays him is in season mm-hmm. one of White Lotus. Not a huge uh-huh. starring role, but he's in it quite often, yeah. and um, he's really good in that. You should definitely yeah. check it out. I recommend it to everyone, seasons <laughs> one and two. They're great. Um but she was the one that I, I connected with and, and really grew to really like. And to see her uh, go into this downward spiral when she got into the elevator, I mean, that just broke my heart. Like the these tears streaming, her makeup looked smudged. And I didn't know, I, I was really scared that she was going to end up um, committing suicide, honestly. Mm-hmm. I really thought that's where um, they were going with that. And I'm I'm not glad that she ended up being um institutionalized but it sounds like that was the best thing for her I mean that was what Kate was trying to get her yeah. to do you know yeah um voluntarily not involuntarily it sounds like so I mean I yeah, think
2: she wanted to avoid all of the media backlash and everything and now that's all it's gonna be so
1: exactly exactly and that's sad because it could have done it could have been done privately um and now it's you know everywhere mm-hmm. um So it made me really sad for her and to see, you know, that constant manipulation by Adam and how he was treating her again and still was so gross and him having Kate and Joe, you know, escorted out for, you know, trying to help her. Um, So that was, that was really hard to watch. You know, it's it's like having to, and this show all in all can be really hard to watch like with, just the constant theme of like joe and his like abuse and manipulation of women and oh i'm just trying to protect you and kills them instead you know and Mm -hmm. thinks he's always like he always knows what's right for them and so it's so gross to see it again you know like with someone like adam you know treating phoebe like that who's you know doesn't deserve no one deserves it but like you know she doesn't deserve it she's kind and good hearted and i'm glad that they kind of mentioned something in this episode i think i mentioned it last week like where is her family if she comes from this really wealthy um well-to-do or well known family and it sounds like aristocratic they kept calling her lady phoebe and i I didn't know Mm -hmm. for a while if it was just like a nickname that because she's rich or something and they just call her lady phoebe but it sounds like she you know, does, it does come from like an aristocratic type of family. If she has a title yeah. Um that I'm like, where are they? Because you feel like they would be surrounding her and getting a hold of Adam and being like, you know, nothing is happening here until we put something in writing to protect, you know, like if they can't stop One, I think they would try to stop it, too. If they felt like they really couldn't stop it, they would be like having, um, you know, nothing happening until Adam was signing uh, some kind of an agreement, like a prenuptial agreement or something. Um, yeah. But they they talked about it in this episode by just saying, well, you know, m- mommy's boycotting the wedding. I'm like, is that yeah. it? Um, is that all that's happening? Um, but whatever, I guess this has to happen for the story to go this way. So right. it well, was just really sad. Well, they didn't even know,
2: it seems like, because it's like they found out that tonight was the wedding and not a party. And then so they're not going to show up where it's, I mean, Adam, I'm sure Adam say, being very so. <laughs> sneaky, yeah, like, under everyone's nose and radar, like, honestly, kind of the same as what he d- had done with Kate, it seems like he probably had somehow found a way to kind of sever connection between her family and her, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past
1: him. I'd be showing up just to find a way to put a stop to it. mm mm-hmm. um, I I'd probably go a little Greg near on him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it was just hard to watch and it made me really sad. And I'm really worried about like, are we going to hear any more from Phoebe or anything that's happening? to? Her- we only have one more episode and I feel like we're right. going to shift away from some of the other characters because we really got to wrap up like what's going on with Joe, Kate, um, and and like what happened to Marianne, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know that maybe it'll just be a quick mention or something but i don't know i'm really worried about her and care about what happens to her so i don't know do you have thoughts on that
2: yeah that's actually my biggest point that was kind of my like number one just because it's the most notes i kind of just order them and it's like not necessarily as important as far as sometimes it's just what i have the most notes on okay about the most uh, so yeah, because there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just BB, but just the wedding party, the mm-hmm. well, batch, or you know, the uh, engagement party slash that becomes wedding. wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just everything that kind of happens that night and those involved. Because uh, it starts off, Kate is the first one that we see there out of you know, kind of the main characters are following, other than like Phoebe and Adam who are already there, obviously. But when she comes in, she overhears Adam and Steve. Yeah, Adam and Steve that. That's the wonderful gay couple from the Bible that everyone loves, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, but here's uh, them talking, and yeah, clearly he's just manipulating Phoebe for her money, out of her money. He's already got this white business plans. He's boasting about it. He's expanding sundry house. Like he's just, he, he snuck his way back in, and he's already got his hands all in her pocketbook Ugh, and just so spreading the wealth to himself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
2: so, yeah, and Kate s- hears that and is just like, no, we're not doing this. I'm, I'm going to Phoebe and I'm putting a stop to this. this can- I'm, I'm going to try to talk some reason and sense into her because clearly Adam is not actually looking out for Phoebe. He's not doing this out of love for Phoebe. Doing it out of love for money and love for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kate goes to Phoebe, which I did not recognize, Sophie. At all, until Kate said her name. I didn't either. Uh, I was like, who's this random person doing coke with Phoebe? Sophie, I'm going to need the room. Oh, okay. That hair is different.
1: Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot all about her and did not know, like you, until yeah. Kate said her name. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. What a wig, you know, can do to really change someone's appearance.
2: Right. Which, also, Phoebe, if you have to do lines of coke to prepare for your wedding, you know that has to mean something, right? Like. Yeah. Red flags,
1: and not just that, Um, but like all the drugs that she had, just like right, all over the place.
2: And that's like when you, when you get so involved into something that you don't see the red flags. There's a there's a rapper Watsky that I like that had a line in one of his songs that sticks to that. He says, "I washed my red flags with my white flags, and now all my laundry's pink." Yeah, you just can't. (laughs) It's all the same. You can't (laughs) see the red flags through that. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're right. Uh, yeah. Kate's trying to to talk to Phoebe, uh, but she's kind of still in that fragile place, all drugged up, and Kate's not incredibly tactful, so it really only made things worse uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at that moment. Joe shows up, he's talking with Kate. Uh, of course, his plan that he's enacting right now on his own would mean that this would be his last night with Kate, so kind of to spend time with her. Not what Reese is telling him to do the whole time constantly, but uh, instead he's like, well, let me help her. Let me actually like really try to kind of work with this really good side of her that I see. So let's team up and stop this wedding. Uh, <laughs> it's a great little send off. He thinks for her, you know, or at least to her for himself to, to help her with this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Kate, has the diazepam which i guess she gave to joe at some point i didn't really see him like take it take it but i guess yeah he held on to it um and immediately again i'm like adam like there's so many things i've just assumed that are like outside that aren't told to us but i'm like oh he's just like puppet strings everything because i can see him being the reason that she's got the diazepam and everything like i can see yeah. You know, oh you don't need to go to that place that Kate was setting you up with. Just take these. Just take more of these and it'll do the same thing. You're fine. Just stay with me. It's you know what uh, I thought
1: too. Yeah. Is he's the one getting them and giving them to her. Right. Yeah.
2: Which I've diazepam I know well. I've dealt with it a lot, like in my job in the past. It's great, great medicine if you use it correctly. It does what well, God said. you know, it does a you know, great work for like anxiety and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh Probably not so much when mixed with God knows what else Phoebe is also doing all at the same time and is on and
1: Exactly. It's clear yeah. <laughs> clearly she's way over medicated. It's not just mm-hmm. medicated. It's fine to be medicated when you are under the supervision, you know, of a of a doctor who can monitor that and give you correct dosages, but clearly he has her way over medicated.
2: Yes. Uh, but yeah, anyways, Joe goes to talk with Phoebe himself. Kate's going to keep Adam away. That doesn't work very well. I think, again, Adam is on to Kate at this point and probably didn't buy it very well. He's like, well, Joe's here and you're talking to me and you hate me. Where's Joe or John? Jonathan, you know, so hang on. Uh, I think he put that together pretty quickly. Uh, But Joe does have a better effect on Phoebe talking to her than Kate did. Uh, he's good at the very. It's. It sounds negative to say it's underhanded and manipulative. It is what he's doing, mm-hmm. but he's doing it for a good reason, I guess. Using um, like his powers th-
1: for good, for once, right? <laughs> yeah. his powers of manipul- manipulation,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? But he's got that ability to where he, you know, he says he says one thing, but he's meaning the opposite,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he's making Phoebe question her relationship herself, not just flat out telling her what's wrong like Kate tried to do. Phoebe is even in her state very intelligent. Uh and she realizes what he's doing cuz she asks, you know, are you saying all these things to, to you know to point out that I've made a mistake is that what you're trying to do? But she respects him and she's kind of taking that conversation until Adam shows up and ruins it in the moment <laughs> there. The wedding does happen, but I think as much as I spent last week's episode being like, oh, fuck Joe. I hate Joe. This week I'm here. Okay. I'm giving Joe credit that I think, I think it's what he said and the things that he was doing that really was the tipping point for Phoebe's panic attack, psychological breakdown, rethinking everything that causes her to flee the situation, which again, not a great thing for her to happen, but also maybe not the worst. It got her away from Adam. It made her realize that she was making a mistake. I think Joe had a big part in that.
1: Uh, I, I agree. Yeah. And I wasn't uh, sure the, if it was... Oh, yeah. oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Oh, I was just okay. going to say, I wasn't sure, you know, because I was kind of questioning, like, well, was it a good thing? Because I do feel Je- what, or Joe's conversation with Phoebe is kind of what triggered her um, and really stuck with her to, to make her flee. Now, I didn't, unfortunately, yeah. prevent the wedding, but did get her to flee after. Um, and unfortunately she ended up, you know, in a very public way, at least in a place where she could get away from Adam and get, get help that she needs um, desperately. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it it was kind of a good thing, but in a very bad way. Um, so yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, Oh, I was kind of mad at Joe for a minute, but I was like, well, yeah, like you said, maybe it's kind of a good thing. Cause it did get her away from him under his, out from underneath his thumb. Um, yeah, So that is what was needed, unfortunately.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's all that Joe and Kate really were able to accomplish there because mm-hmm. Adam's overbearingness comes in and kind of Phoebe quietly just allows him to kick them out of the wedding, kick them out of the party, and they are not allowed there anymore. Uh, and then just to kind of, you know, on the walk home, Kate's asking about this magical thing that Joe said to Phoebe. <gasps> Man! And he just flat out tells her, "I have no idea. I don't know what I said. (laughs) I don't remember." Like, uh, it's kind of funny. And again, we really want to know. But with one episode left, and where everyone and everything is at the end of this episode, it's like I, I don't think we're getting it. It's not important, and maybe the joke is the running joke is that we'll never know. I I think that's really just what it is at this point.
0: It's
1: (laughs) just not great storytelling, and it's rude. Mm. Don't. Right, <laughs> Don't put that out there and not give it to us at some point. Mm. I bet Reese knows other Reese, fake Reese, whatever you yeah. want to call him. Uh, I, I bet he knows.
2: Maybe he'll tell us. Maybe, maybe we'll get it in the finale just somewhere. Just ease that for us. Just like, oh, thank God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just tell me. Parting <laughs> line. This. Parting line. Mm. This is what you told Phoebe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it has to be, it, I feel like, it, because we know they're at that party. Uh, when he met everyone and we thought he was actually meeting Reese and now we know yeah. it was like the fake Reese. He's there at the party. He's probably the one that was talking to Phoebe. So he probably knows he's not telling uh, much of anything. He's, he's being a a prick. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. rude yes. withholding that information.
2: Uh, But I did like, at least once they're out of the situation and they're talking about it, Kate does make a good point about (laughs) divorce and not giving up on Phoebe. She's just kind of like, well, she can always change things and rebuild. Even if Adam screws her out of all her money, she's got her family. She's got good friends that aren't Adam. Like Things can change and she can rebuild and she can restart at some place. And Kate is a true friend who will be there for her through all of it if she'll have her. So I, I like that she at least was just like, we lost the battle, but the war's not over. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and then it does cut, yeah, to the, the wedding. So during the, the wedding and her subsequent breakdown, uh, gotta have my. I don't really do a music section anymore because they're kind of few and far between, but gonna give some love to the song Trampoline by Shade because that song is awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh- <laughs> They've had some good musical choices last couple episodes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that. That's my point there. Talking about, yeah, this wedding party and the f- failed sabotage attempt from Joe and Kate. Mm. But, but maybe not failed in the end, in a way. I mean, the, the wedding happened, but.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, we know what happened to Adam. So it kind of resolved itself in that way. But I wonder, I don't know anything about like marriage laws in the UK or anything like that. But I wonder if there's like an annulment option considering how. Um, if they, if, if Phoebe's family knew how doped up she was and under all those medications mm-hmm. that she was clearly not in her right mind to be able to, uh, you know, get married in her, you know, in a right frame of mind, if there would be like yeah. an option to like annul it and be like, this can't be valid because she didn't understand or know what she was doing because she that was under all of point. those drugs. I don't know if there's, was- I mean, she
2: went straight to that, like mental health facility, like that night. Yeah. So. Clearly, they're going to test her and there's plenty of stuff in her system. So I can't I imagine what her
1: that. talk screen would come back. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be pretty scary, I'm sure. But I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it ended up working out. And I think that was one of the, the things I was kind of talking about in the beginning where there were so many like you know, plots and storylines and, you know, things that we're going back to. I mean, they're we're in the penultimate episode. We're in the, you know, next to the last episode and here's a new mission for Joe is to go figure out how to get Phoebe out of this wedding, you know, um, so he can do this one final, you know, kind of act of love, you know, for Kate because he knows he's gonna have to like disappear or whatever. So he wants to do this one final thing. And I'm like, dude, you don't have time for another mission right now, you know <laughs> We've mm-hmm. got got things to do we got someone starving in your cage um so that's you know kind of one thing that i meant by that so yeah yeah anyway um oh is it back to me that was your big big point okay yeah well i feel like there's still a couple things here um i want to talk about because I was really excited this episode and what really made it delightful for me was Greg fucking Kinnear
2: was <laughs> back oh, yes
1: he's just delightful even when he's just like completely evil
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, he's so fun to watch gosh damn it he's a good actor Um, I just I can't help but smile uh, just and I, I'm like yeah I, I'm seeing all the things he's doing uh, and I, I don't care <laughs> I don't care <laughs> Um, but anyway, again, with the really clever acting or uh, casting choice for Greg Kinnear, I mean, obviously his acting was so on par and I'll I'll talk about that. Um, but such a great casting choice because I was almost at a point because Greg Kinnear is so convincing uh, because he's such a likable, charming person. And that really comes across in his acting that... I was like kind of doubting Kate as she kept telling Joe all season long, you know, once she finally came clean about who her dad was. And she's like, he's evil. He's done. You know, she lists out all of these evil, terrible things that he's done. And I'm like, well, if he's so terrible, why are you even interacting with him? Like, why do you just just don't engage with him at all? You know, that that kind of confused me. But, um, you know, as she's interacting with him and, you know, we see him in that first episode and I'm like, I don't know. Is he really? really that bad i mean anybody i feel like is as successful as what his character is nobody's completely clean you know nobody mm. gets completely clean um when they get to be that rich you've done probably some bad things but is, is he as is really as bad as what kate has said he is and he is
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i'd say so
1: <laughs> he is uh. like so so evil and like Joe has nothing on on Lockwood. But he does
2: evil in such the most like nonchalant (sighs) way where he's just like yeah it's whatever you know he's wanting her to rejoin the company and take over for the future back in the fold but then like the first red flag is she mentions the you know how many kids are gonna die and when he's still referring to a bunch of children dying from cancer is a learning curve. Yeah. Um (laughs) he's not (laughs) Not the nicest guy at all. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of red flags. I'm I'm definitely seeing where Kate's coming from. And again, yeah. I'm just kinda like there's a part of me like, I don't care. I don't care. I love you, Greg Kinnear. <laughs> um why do they have to, to put, you know, this this character or this actor in um, this character role? Because I'm like, I don't care at this point what he's done. I'll follow him anywhere. Um, <laughs> but it was so interesting. And I don't know why we didn't see it coming. We, we really, because I, I didn't, and I should have, um, that her entire in quotes independent life that she thinks that she's Mm -hmm. built for herself like she's like i've built a life here why would i leave this i i like my life and i've done all of these things look at all the things that i've accomplished and he's like ha (laughs) you you are responsible for none of that like he's been pulling the strings the entire time
2: oh the stuff that i bankrolled and choreographed for you got it yes those things
1: yes those things those (laughs) things that you enjoy doing uh Don't really belong to you at all. Um, And it's interesting because, again, you know, I was talking about, you know, uh, the whole story with uh, Adam and Phoebe being really hard to watch. And again, the the abuse and manipulation of women and um, and then the whole series as a whole with Joe doing those exact things. We see it again with uh, with uh, Lockwood here um, where he's claiming to love Kate. Uh, He's keeping her safe, you know, um, or at least or at least he thinks anyway, um, keeping her safe. You know, he's hid these allegations, um, you know, against uh, Malcolm, uh, you know, about being with other women and things that could get him in trouble sleeping with the students and things like that. Um, And I to find out he has like seven kids. (laughs) Right. Dude. (laughs) He gets around, but Kate's his favorite, you know, Kate's his favorite. He, you know, they're all, you know, too stupid or, you know, just aren't capable, but she's, she's the prodigy of all of his kids. Right. She's his favorite. And, and when I think
2: also it's like a weird, like, it it sounds almost kind of creepy as a father and daughter relationship, but it almost is like she's his favorite because she's playing hard to get. It's this.
1: Mm. doesn't care about
2: his other children as much because she's the one that doesn't want him so that's what his focus is Mm,
1: yeah maybe maybe uh so it was it was a great reveal i mean when she shows up at this airplane hangar i'm I'm like of course he has an airplane hangar where he can just like sit and tinker on freaking airplanes i mean the dude has an obscene amount of money um and through this whole dialogue where you know he's trying to You know, just come work for me. This is this is what you're meant to do. This is what, you know, uh, you've had, you know, your fun out here doing your thing. Um, And when she resists it, that's when he's like, well, everything that you think that you've built, I'm the one that's given it to you. And it really shatters her. And I love that whole scene with them. He is so masterful. Um, And I really love that as evil as he gets, because Kate confronts him. Uh, Because he's actually responsible for Adam's death, you know, (laughs) and she's although she's super casual about it, too. She's like you you had him killed, you know, just like, well, damn it, dad, mm-hmm. this is your kill of the week, you know, it's just like, so, <coughs> dropping it so casual, yeah. I was just like...
2: How unfortunate this happened. <laughs> I'm like,
1: you're... You, you scoundrel! <laughs> you, you're, you don't even seem that affected, and maybe it's just because she's not surprised that her dad is so capable of it, but he's just uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't have said his name around me, <laughs> you
2: know? <laughs> yeah, so why mention him in my presence, like, it's, yeah, it's just like, you're making it seem like it's her fault for not thinking about it,
1: yeah. I mean, this it was so... Perfect. Uh. The whole scene. And then, you know, he gets down, you know, right to brass tacks and he's like, you know, you've had your fun. You know, you're you're going to be doing this because this is what I want. And, you know, I own you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he just casually turns around and he's like, well, I want you to be careful, though. Okay, drive safe. And I mean, just (laughs) absolute perfect delivery uh from from mm-hmm. greg kinnear i mean
2: i own every bit of your soul and you have no free will now be safe honey love you love
1: you uh. we'll, we'll set a date for next week and talk more about this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> just so freaking perfect and i was i was they had me fooled like i said the the perfect mm-hmm. casting they really fooled me because i'm like he's not that bad yeah he's probably done some shady things what businessman hasn't to get ahead but um yeah he went he's full on so they they really had me fold because i was like no he's as bad as what kate has said and you know i was thinking this has been a pretty fun season with trying to figure out like who the real killer is and Speculating and theorizing that it's really been Joe, you know, the whole time and his his fake Reese, you know, is the real Reese, fake Reese, whatever. Um, But man, wouldn't have this been really great if um, Lockwood was his nemesis instead of, um, Uh you know, uh, him... Kind of obsessing over Reese and this whole cat and mouse thing between him and who we thought was Reese. Um, it would have been really cool to maybe see uh, that play out. You know, him Joe's love interest being Kate and him having to go against um, her dad because mm-hmm. that dude is. Um, yeah, I think he could out Joe. Joe.
2: Yeah. Well, Dude's he's got good. the connections to, to do it properly i don't know that's the right word but yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so i I, i'm like damn they really should have um brought in greg kinnear sooner and Mm -hmm. and and maybe played it out that way i don't know but he's he's been so fun to watch i hope he's in the next episode get one more final bit of him in the next episode because right he's so fun to watch in this in this role so Mm
3: -hmm. i agree
1: Um, what's your next point?
2: Um, all right. I really only have one more main point. Okay. Uh, then I've got some extra notes. So small, small points that are like note size points. Um, about other things. Teeny little notes. (laughs) Yeah. But my last bigger one, uh, yeah, it's a doozy. Uh, let's just talk about Joe and Marianne and their interactions. This episode. Yeah. Uh, which it's gotta be strange for Marianne to see the guy who locked her down here mentally tortured her and then seemingly left her here to die come back and look genuinely shocked to see her and start apologizing and being like i'll fix it i'm gonna make it okay i'll get you back home And because like, i i mean she saw kind of the transformation for him but i wonder how much she really like understands this like disassociation kind of thing or whatever or is it just like or is this all part of his plan? Is he pretending that he's two different people so he can make it worse when he kills me? Like it, no matter what's going on, she's terrified and has every right to be. Mm -hmm. It's definitely terrifying. But with him apologizing and stuff, when he goes, you have every right to be mad. I'm like, (laughs) "Wow." (laughs) I don't think mad even starts to go near the surface. No. (laughs) I know I made an oopsie, but...
1: <laughs> Slight uh, judgment call that was an error. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> but man. Uh, and, you know, he's walking kind of towards Nadia's hiding spot looking for more food down there. I still don't know what this place is. I guess is it supposed to be some kind of bomb shelter that maybe there was supposed to be food or something? I don't know. I have no idea. But the Marion's like, no, no, nothing over there stop where are you going uh and he he goes along with it lucky break so he just leaves a sandwich and takes off to the wedding uh but then with Marianne, you know she asks for the knife from nadia to do the job herself and it sent me on this whole path of wondering and then as the episode went back and i was like reliving certain things i was like nope Count the, probably count this one as another theory that is nothing and disproven by other things that happened, but I was thinking about you know well Nadia doesn't show up and then Joe's coming back so does she enact some kind of Plan B? So I was like, well, the way we see her at the end of the episode, maybe she's faking it so she can get a jump on Joe.
1: Oh, I'm um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. I because I, I don't know.
2: Maybe I, I mean I've been wrong before, so I don't know. But like I was thinking about that, but then of course stuff that comes out a little later makes me question that theory. Uh, which talk about that? I mean. Ugh maybe the roughest part of the episode. Mm. So Joe decides to check on Juliet for Marion using her phone, which side note, how does she have a phone with that incredible kind of battery life? Um I'll, I want that one. I was gonna
1: say, can we get that battery power? <laughs> I, I have I have to right. tell myself it was maybe turned off the entire time or something. Yeah, I thought it
2: was yes. like unless it was like turned off and he turns it back on, but still. Yeah, still kind of like there's a drain over time even if it's off. Yeah. Like the battery kinda of...
1: still don't really have a very good timeline, do we, of how long she's actually been I think it's there. been
2: about a month. Uh based off of just because I did pause it on the screen. Green, mm-hmm. like the texts from Beatrice on the phone. Oh. And I was reading through those. And at least the earliest one we can see could go back further, said four weeks and like three days or something like that. Oh shit. So
1: that, that makes that makes sense. Okay.
2: So it's been like a little over a month based on that. But yeah, but those so those texts that Beatrice has sent, you know, that yeah, she's taking Juliet to the her grandmother back in the States, and I assume Marion has fallen off the wagon again Ugh. so she's going to lose custody and visitation and everything just completely cut off from her daughter which is like fuck uh, which Joe is even you know yeah, but I was also like at first I was like I set kind of terrible friends and family to make assumptions and not be worried about where she is but then I remembered Reese said something the, f- the fake Reese when Joe thought it was the real Reese had said something about you know texting or maybe he had just figured out that it was fake reese because he was just like well then we texted beatrice and told her oops i fell on a needle you know something um so reese had mentioned it hinting that she was on drugs again or she had relapsed uh i don't know yeah it's 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 some extreme stuff but i was like for this show ah devastating drama for sure yeah and then yeah when i was reading through those texts i said i paused them and there were no like from beatrice saying like you said you're struggling, so how can I help? And then later it's like, relapses happen, just call me and we'll get to come back home and we'll work. So yeah, I think there had been... Joe, you know, honestly, had sent some messages being like, I'm struggling, I'm doing this, and then nothing after that. And so mm-hmm. on their end, they're just assuming she fell off the wagon and is purposely ignoring everybody. So that's when that, like, oh, now you're texting me. No, we're doing this. Which was rough, but then I got to Tati, Gabriel, I have to give so much credit with that incredible performance Mm -hmm. because oh my god, it was truly heartbreaking. It was. like I've I've really enjoyed her especially like last episode with like that big long music, like the sequence and stuff she got, but even this where she's just, she learns about what's going on with Juliet and she just kind of like gives up and she's, you know, you might as well kill me, Joe, and just her got, you know, the whispering almost of I'm never gonna see my daughter you know, just like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> jill yeah, so I was like
1: that was sad to see her so broken and
2: it that was, it was and so that's where that theory of her like faking it at the end kind of was going the opposite way because i was like i'm gonna be real dark about this she has nothing to fight for anymore yeah i like, so so what would be her reasoning for that what would be the point uh and so that's what we see at the end of the episode as Joe returns to the box to see that Marion has seemingly overdosed on the pills that were left in there. That, you know, fake Reese so coincidentally didn't help Joe remember that he put there. Uh, so it's it's quite the cliffhanger going into the finale, of the season. Uh, I will be pretty pissed if Marion is dead. Yeah, That's a shitty ending for her and I need something good. So I'm just holding on to hope that there's something I don't know but it doesn't look good, but I'm I'm hoping.
1: I know, and I can I can see it going both ways. That's why I, and like I said, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, she was actually um, a note for me as well is, could she really be dead or is she faking it? Because I mean, mm-hmm. Joe could easily believe that she would have really done it. You know, I think she could fake him out because of how desperate um, you know, that she was uh, the last time that he saw her uh, yeah. thinking that she doesn't have anything to live for. But like you said, then that's also an argument for why she could have actually done it and why she could actually um, be dead is because she doesn't have anything to live for. The only way that this could turn out right for her uh, is if she was able to prove that she had been kidnapped. Like, this is why, right. like, this is, you know, if, if Joe had could get caught. And she could prove I've been locked in a, a, a cage, and I've been as absurd as sounds, saying out loud. You know, I've been locked in a yeah. cage, and I've been kidnapped. Um, for the last four weeks, you know, I did not fall off the wagon. You know, that that would be the only way I think that she could convince. Uh, you know, from from this happening, from Julia being taken away from her, um, because yeah, there's you know, with with her past struggles, you know, with addiction, and then that little little drop of information that Reese had sent and then, um, you know, not getting any communication, it would be easy to believe, you know, instead of being worried for her and out looking for her, um, that they would just assume she's just in, you know, right back into that lifestyle or whatever. And we're just not going to have it. But I, I, yeah. it, I feel like there is still a little suspension of disbelief that someone wouldn't try to be looking for her. Was there like a missing yeah. persons? you know, type report or something to at least try to find her and make it a little bit more official, you know, before just handing her daughter over. Because um, that's kind of extreme, yeah. taking taking the kid away from the mom without the mom, you know, even trying to find them. Yeah, Not that they were going to find her in this bomb shelter in this cage, but you know what I mean? Like, trying to at least be like, <laughs> right. hey, she's missing and, you know, um, here's the last place where she was seen and you know, at least put forth some due diligence. Anyway, I hope she's not dead. You know, she, mm-hmm. she was a, you know, um got to be a really great character this season and had a lot of growth. So I'm, that'd make me really sad. It was, you really see how evil Joe is, you know, when you, cause this was a really great episode to see all of that. I mean, as if we needed it to, to be reminded or something, but when you think of, how much harm he's done all of these people in his life, mm-hmm. and the people that he's killed. And then with Marianne, you know, he—if she is really dead—well, he's responsible for it. Um, and he just completely ruined her life. He's ruined, you know, Juliet's life, you know, by taking away her mother and causing her trauma. Um, you know, when when you look at all of these effects, and you're just like, God, Joe... Joe's got to go, you know, <laughs> he's never going to change. He's just never going to change yeah. who he is. I think that's a big, you know, point of the, the season he can't run from who he really is and he can't, he'll never change. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was good. Good note. Um, I, I don't have any other notes or points. Do you have any, any other you said you had some more notes? Um, yeah. You just to talk some- about?
2: small little points uh joe's plan in general uh at first at least was he's gonna score this fake id set a timer in the box i guess that it can do that to unlock and release her at a certain time after he had already fled to spain his european vacation would continue and only a way that joe can do right
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> however uh reese which is also Joe, has a different plan. Uh, you know, take Vic's gun that's been in the freezer this whole time oh, and geez. just yeah. <laughs> kill Marianne, put her out of her misery, protect yourself too, keep Kate. It was very angel and devil on the shoulders. Uh, mm-hmm. Which all of his interactions with Reese throughout this episode were. And then there's this very ominous line, you know, at the end of Joe like laying out the plan. He goes, and you can't stop it because you don't exist. And as he's walking off, Reese just goes, we'll see about that. And I'm like, What does that mean? Um, yeah, it's very ominous. I was like, so now that Joe's fully aware of his situation is like, is it still possible that he could fall into this like, like fugue state, whatever, and become quote unquote Reese without knowing what he's doing. Like, is that still an option? Maybe. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was an ominous line that I don't know what it meant by uh, what they meant by that at all. And I'm just like, I don't like that. Uh, and yeah, of course, this dark part of Joe is really not happy with him trying to help Marion. Uh, he's got a lot of terrible things to say about mm-hmm. her and the whole situation. Uh, see. Lockwood stuff. We talked about that. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. about that one? This is just um, Adam's death scene. Uh- <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. You know, he's he's coping with his loving, beautiful wife being in the hospital by... Well, you know, hiring a bunch of sex workers to come in and do kinky shit with him, as you do, as you do, right? Um, yeah,
1: isn't that how we all process? <laughs> uh,
2: however, he soon learns that these are not your typical sex workers. They come equipped with death metal and a baton and several knives and a um, murder. <laughs> because you know, when you're you're getting in the mood and you're ready for some intimate time, nothing sets the mood better than blaring some full of hell death metal right uh just (laughs) blast it
1: sweet potato sweet potato
2: (laughs) yeah yeah that's when he realizes the the situation's a little more serious the the sweet potato's useless uh which i I had to laugh especially on second watch with the you know who sent you what are you getting paid okay i can triple it and i was like well considering it's tom lockwood i'm gonna say bet you can't
1: yeah no kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) no way yeah
2: that that didn't go well for for him. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with Lockwood here, being like, I mean, it's not that tragic, is it? But uh,
1: <laughs> uh, you know, we've been talking about it for several episodes, and you know, it finally mm. happened. And I can confirm, I wasn't really that sad about. it. I'm like, yeah, Adam,
2: you <laughs> fucked around and oh, found no. out <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then last, I just want to talk about Joe and Kate after the wedding again, like, or after getting kicked out. When they're, you know, kind of saying goodnight to each other and Joe's kind of planning saying goodbye permanently to Kate, Uh, which I was like, damn, Joe, Kate honestly needed to hear this stuff, you know, in case of a planet killing comet. Uh, (laughs) But but within that, I fully believe Joe means every single word that he was saying in that scene when he's talking to Kate, where he says, you're good. Yeah. And being with you makes me feel like I could be good.
1: Maybe one of the few and honest then, things he's really said. I I I right. believed him too.
2: And then that line says, You have changed me the way opening a window changes a dark room. And I was like, Oh, so poetic, Mr. Literary Professor. Yeah. It, Kate literally says, That is the most beautiful thing anyone has ever said to me. It's like, Yeah, like, I get that. That was a great line. And I but I think it was more than just a line. Like I really do think that was from the heart. I think he is genuine. I think he means that. And he is sad to to have to let her go mm-hmm. because he's he's wanting to be able to save marion and still protect himself at that point at least he's kind of changed plans at the end but then i don't think that plan's gonna work he's gonna have to pivot again so we'll see uh and then yeah last note was just a little funny thing is uh was like oh she's gonna invite me to her flat and she's like but you're gonna say no and she knows he's gonna say no for some reason but uh and he's like yeah just a few things i need to take care of and then i'll call you i'm like is she not even going to question this few things i need to take care of at night the night of a wedding that they were supposed to be at but then they got kicked out so they literally don't have any plans right now what else does he have to take care of at this moment yeah
1: exactly <laughs> like where else did you need to be you were supposed to be at a wedding so right <laughs> what else did you have to take care of yeah good point
2: <laughs> but yeah so that's that's it. That's all the notes I got.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's a good place uh to leave it. Um I'm so excited that after we're finished here tonight, get to go watch that finale.
2: I know. And and
1: finally be caught up. Um and then of course begin the long wait till season five. Hopefully not too yes. long. But um so yeah, I'm 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 excited to to watch and see what happens next and how they wrap it up i don't even know how long the um episode is hopefully it's a i don't sure hopefully enough time yeah all right uh well we did get some listener feedback this week uh so let's go ahead and jump in do you want to take the first one sure
2: first one from don elizabeth She says, I'm not sure what to think. Joe is definitely going off the deep end. I'm having a hard time knowing what's real. I find myself wondering if this whole season is in his mind, but probably not as we see things that he doesn't. I'd really hoped that Marianne would make it out alive. Now, how about Nadia? It was great to see Beck and love again. I admit I'm not sorry about Adam's death, but is Tom Lockwood another psycho? Will Kate be able to get away from him? Maybe his death will be Joe's final act.
1: Oh, I don't want anyone to kill Lockwood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: he was like, oh, don't you dare take my Kineer away from me.
1: Touch <laughs> <Judge> Kineer. <laughs> there's something. There's my yeah, there's- <laughs> <is> not yours. <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> thanks, Don. Uh, Melissa Sapola says, this was a hard episode to watch. Joe truly is a monster. And although he now sees how his actions affect other people, it's too little, too late. Because of Joe, Marianne lost her daughter and felt like she had no reason to go on living. I think because they spent the time on her storyline last episode, it was devastating. I don't buy Nadia being stupid enough to go along with the plan to kill Joe. She should have gone to the police, especially after she was arrested. I also love seeing Beck in love again. The writers have done a good job with showing how evil Joe is and how you should not be rooting for him. I agree. I agree.
2: Right. And then we have an email from Penny. It says, I mean, Adam sucked, but damn. <laughs> Ed Spielers is impressing me more and more. His face is really expressive. He conveys so much with his eyebrows and the corners of his mouth. It's mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Joe is eloquent AF. You've changed me the way opening a window changes a dark room. That's one of the most romantic things I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we. This season's really, um, and maybe even la- uh, season three, a little bit, really gotten us away from what Joe's really good at, and that was books, mm. yeah. uh, and you know how literate he was. You know, he's read a lot of books, he's read a lot of great things, and probably has a lot of great quotes. And I think we forget about that a little bit. I know he's a professor in this episode, but they've kind of steered us away from that a little bit more and more, and yeah, hasn't been a focus. So yeah, you you kind of forget Joe can quote things like well i don't i'm i don't know if it's a quote from something he's read or not but i feel like that's where he gets a lot of his Mm -hmm. he's got a poetic mind he does for sure he does it's a shame he's a freaking psycho (laughs) um
2: it's like you'd be a great romantic partner and somebody to talk with if you weren't gonna murder me you know Uh. (laughs) if you just didn't kill people
1: things would be perfect can we work on that yeah yeah Um, let's yeah let's see if we can get some help for that and uh change things yeah joe will never change don't root for him don't think mm -hmm. you can fix him not gonna happen thanks everyone uh we got some voicemails as well this week uh first one we have is from our friend steve
3: hello strange indeed this is Steve and this is gonna be for you <laughs> season 4 episode 9 I have a confession to make I listened to all of the podcast for episode 7 and at the end of it I went I don't remember any of this but it's all so familiar because you guys called almost everything that happened in the episode it was confirmed in the episode so then I started listening to a ep- the podcast for episode eight and realized, wait, I don't remember any of this either. So I went back to my Netflix and sure enough, I had not watched seven or eight. So I immediately stopped listening to the podcast for eight, went back, watched seven and eight, and uh, then now finished the podcast for eight. And I'm going to watch nine. It's about uh, Joe's voice. And I think that this is not Joe voice. It's a little, it's a little deeper also. And his Reese voice. When he does Reese as Joe in his brain is a little deeper. I'm confused. Oh, we'll hide really good Nadia. Cause you don't want him to catch you down there. Great. Again, Penn Badgley is just with his voice. You can tell this is Joe that she's talking to now. Cause it's a little higher pitched, but the, this is not Joe is not, we're guessing there's three, at least three personalities here, right? There's Joe. Then there's the, this is not Joe. And then there's Reese. Ooh, Nadi's making all these plans, and Marianne wants a knife. Steve's back. Every show needs a Steve. So Phoebe's family is boycotting the wedding, uh, and Adam's already planning on spinning your mill Oh, Phoebe's uh, on tranquilizers and drugs. Ooh. Oh, are we going to find out what he said that first night at Sundry House? Kate's asking. Wah, wah. he doesn't remember. Oh, yeah, Phoebe does not look like the blushing bride. She doesn't even look happy in these scenes. Oh, no, 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 what is Phoebe going to do? Uh, okay, sectioned, does that mean, like, like, a 40-hour hold on psych testing? What? Oh, Nadia, it is illegal to carry a knife in, well, that kind of knife, anywhere, I think. Oh, Joe, you now, you took those pills and you have no idea what you did overnight. Oh, he poisoned the coffee? Oh, and now he's talking to Gemma? Oof. Oh, and now the past is coming back to haunt Joe. Oh, you're sick, Adam. You're already cheating on your wife with a prostitute or a S&M prostitute? Oh, no, oh, no, no. This is a shakedown, Adam. Oh, no, no. It's worse than a shakedown. It's something even worse. Oh, so that's Phoebe's family taking care of the problem of Adam, I think. Oh, Kate's father had him killed. Ow, oh, Tom Lockwood, your daughter is just an investment to you. Oh. Oh, no. And Nadia's trying to get to the cell, but she's going to be too late. And, of course, it ends with Marianne being dead. Uh, all right. See you next week. By the ride, we go on with Steve. There.
1: That was a great ride. Oh, man. Can you imagine jumping in and not having watched the episodes? We're right. glad. Glad. Hopefully you got to that in time before you got spoiled with anything. Steve. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. That was great. Alright, next voicemail is from Jody.
0: Hi Rima and Paik, it's Jody from Canberra Australia here. And I didn't have that many thoughts on new season four, episode nine, mainly because it was just Joe doing his yearly dance of denial with the I am not a killer flourishes and a dip of if I just leave everything will be fine. He does it every season, so ho hum, whatever. Um what I do want to talk about is Kate because this episode gave me another reason why I think Kate is exactly like Joe. The first reason was her shitty friends who she supports. This episode I got a second reason and that was the chat that she had with her father over coffee outside her house. Now, in a previous episode, Kate made a point of telling Joe that her father knows her better than anyone. He always offers her exactly what she wants, exactly when she wants it. And Kate also knows her father very well too. And she talked to him about how worried she was for Phoebe and how much she hates Adam. There is a part of Kate that knew exactly what her father would do with that information. She got all huffy later in the episode and tried to deny it because like Joe, she really wants to be a good person, but like Joe, she's just not, and she can't escape it. I I think both Joe and Kate are in serious denial about who they really are. And I actually do think they belong together. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the episode
1: damn interesting yeah I you know
2: <laughs>
1: I don't think she's wrong
2: no that's it's it's compelling because again go back to what Tom Lockwood's line there where he goes why would you mention him in my presence mm-hmm. like it's like you you knew what you were gonna do like you knew what that meant if you're telling me that this person is causing these crazy problems in your life
1: like what do you think I was gonna do
2: well yeah like, well, of course I'm, I'm gonna take care of that for you
1: yeah that's what I do I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit uh, when Kate had confessed. You know, oh, it wasn't my dad that did these thing or did this thing about the kids. It was really me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about um, also how she doesn't speak up a lot like she gets kind of disgusted by some of her friends' behaviors like when they were you know uh being very uh demeaning to like the servants and things like that like she you know she doesn't quite approve but she doesn't really speak up or do anything or take up for yeah. you know she she just kind of passively ugh you know and moves on so i think we've kind of speculated a little bit like maybe kate's not as great as what she- she says she is you know joe's like oh you've got such a great heart you're such a good person and i'm like well i don't know does she is she as, is she as bad as joe i don't know but is she is great um that's really good and as she's pointed that out um it's a really good point Hmm, interesting thanks jody that was a little light bulb moment for me all right next voice message is from
4: gail Hi, Rima and Peg. I loved your last episode. I want to give a shout out to Jody for that wonderful, chilling dialogue about n- Joe noticing <laughs> our interest. Yeah. I listened to this episode in bed right before going to sleep, and I laughed so hard that sleep eluded me for quite a while. Thank you, Jodi. You are a delight. <laughs> On to the episode. She's not there. Remember my faint hope of Joe being quietly taken away to a psychiatric hospital? Once you mentioned that the show had been renewed for Season 5, my poor fledgling hope was rapidly introduced to the pavement of reality. I admit that I was less than enthusiastic about watching this episode, knowing that the perfectly wonderful ending they could have crafted would be sacrificed to some preposterous twisting of the plot designed to have Joe land on his feet in full form yet again. Honestly, I'm disappointed. Before Season 4 aired, I saw several ads extolling viewers to watch the last season of You. I honestly believe that they were an end game here. I can only assume that ratings were so unexpectedly good that they decided to pull another season out of a hat. I agree they're allowed to do that, but great shows often end up being dragged out past their perfect peak and wind up being a disappointment. <coughs> Dexter. <coughs> and many others, I'm sure, leap to mind for all of us. Well, enough of that. Let's take a title-inspired look at this episode. Phoebe is not there. Poor Phoebe is lost in a fog of PTSD, drugs, alcohol, and gaslighting. She is literally not there. She is operating on a very brittle autopilot. She notices and visibly cringes at Adam's crass exuberance over spending her money and is repelled by him. Yet she lacks the strength or sense of purpose necessary to save herself and walk away until it is too late. The act of marrying him and seeing him top even his own foul level of crass finally pushes her over the brink of sanity. We see her quietly walking away from her life, literally shedding the symbols of wealth and privilege with each barefoot step. Juliet is not there. This episode is largely about Joe finally coming out of denial and facing how monstrously he behaves. The capstone of that is learning that Juliet's grandmother has taken her back to the U.S. following Marianne's disappearance. She's making legal arrangements to ensure that Juliet will never see her junkie mother again. Joe is inescapably forced to face what a catastrophically evil thing he has done to Marianne in taking away the only person she truly loves. The ghosts of murder's past are not there. Joe helps himself to a trend-sized dose of Phoebe's sedatives and has a terrifying dream. He gives Marianne a coffee laced with peanut oil, throwing her into anaphylactic shock. Interestingly, this replicates how Joel murdered poor Benji in Season 1. Joe tries to reach Marianne, but has forgotten the code and needs the key to open the box. Marianne goes into respiratory crisis, which then prompts pointed visits from three ghosts of murder's past, with Joe begging each in turn for the key. The keys that they offer are the keys to self-knowledge that Joe has been hiding from himself. In this way, the ghosts are much more like the three fates of Greek mythology, Clotho, the Kises, and Atropos. Who represent the inescapable destiny of humanity than they are of the ghosts of Dickens, past, present, and future. The first ghost is Gemma. She chides Joe for murdering her without even giving her a good rogering first and says, Oh, you were dissociating, so it doesn't count, and concludes by telling Joe that he won't save this poor woman. Second is Beck, who is giving a reading from Blackbeard's Castle to a faceless audience made up entirely of copies of one woman. As Joe turns, the women all turn into peaches on the chair. Yay, peach! Beck asks Joe, what did you do this time? And ends by pointing out, you don't save Joe. Interestingly, the story of Blackbeard is that he marries a new wife and needs to leave home shortly after their wedding. He gives her all of the keys to the castle, but forbids her from going into one room. When she eventually goes into the room, she finds the remains of all his other dead wives. This is a really clever piece of writing with murderous Joe trying to get the key back from all the dead wives in his head. Okay, third and last in this group, although maybe fourth if you count the silent recrimination of the peaches, is love. She asks him, is that love? The thing you do that always ends in dot dot dot? She concludes by telling Joe, somebody does need to die for this to end for good and hands him the gun. These ghosts provide most of the heavy lifting in this episode. They unflinchingly point out that Joe's justifications and excuses are nothing but BS. They tell him exactly who he is and that he has never changed and is unwilling and or incapable of changing. They point out that Joe has forever silenced them and ended their ability to feel or experience anything which is what he does to every person that he has ever claimed to love. Worryingly, Love also tells him that someone needs to die for this to end and Gemma has further fueled the fire by telling him that he's not willing to do what must be done. At the risk of sounding like one of my parents, enough with inciting people to suicide. No, the answer is never murder, whether murder of the self or murder of another. Rather than suicide, let's substitute the word therapy. Somebody needs therapy for this to end for good. You are unwilling to get therapy to change, Joe. You lack the courage to do what needs to be done. Confess. Go to a psychiatric prison. Get help. Okay, hopping off of soapbox now. Sorry. <laughs> On to the next missing woman. Nadia is not there. Rather than calling the police, Nadia's big idea is to murder Joe. And she will be right back with injectable ketamine, a knife, and a drill for the lock. Seriously? My suspension of disbelief did a face plant and suffered a compound fracture. <laughs> then Nadia jumps a turnstile at the metro station, spilling contraband onto the floor, and winds up going to jail. She's literally not there when Marianne needs her. It's like the writers have been chopping off 20 IQ points per episode. At this point, Nadia has so little lift in the tank, I'm amazed she can feed herself independently. I'm trying to decide <laughs> whether these writers just stink at writing female characters or whether they're incapable of properly navigating a plot without having to throw characters under the little white bus in order to make ridiculous plot pieces fit together. But as it stands, Nadia is simply no longer there. Kate is not there. And finally, Kate. Kate is not there for Phoebe. She tries, but completely misses the brief. Kate is always empathy adjacent. She simulates empathy without quite understanding it. Her emotional intelligence is really not there, unsurprising given how and by whom she was raised. A confrontation with dear old dad reveals that Kate is not even the one living her life. She thought she was the one constructing her independent path, only to discover that her father has been pulling every imaginable string to create an impervious bubble of safety and happiness for her. She is the favorite of his seven children. Yikes, can you even imagine what the lives of the other six must be like, I shudder to think. So, one more episode to go. There will be death. There will be mayhem. I can confidently say there will be no suicide since season 5 is coming, which is a bit of a relief. Telling mentally ill people to kill themselves is even more repugnant than endorsing other people or society at large to murder them. This needs to stop. Sorry for ranting on a podcast, but the conversation about the treatment of the mentally ill needs to start happening, even in small ways. Speaking of death, there are some likely contenders for the attention of the reach killer. Tom Lockwood, Adam, Nadia, and poor innocent Edward are all on the table. But even baseball cap Joe can't possibly take all of them out in 42 minutes, so it seems that some survivors are likely. Also, it seems like there will need to be some sort of resolution with Kate. As the very brief appearances of Beck and Love prove, Joe has as much chemistry with Kate as I have a three-day-old... Ham sandwich. I hope that we will not be saddled with Kate for all of season five. But hey, I don't expect much as my hopes are too bruised and battered to truly rise to the challenge again so soon. Thanks for the great podcast. Talk to you all next week. Gail.
1: That was great. All we needed was Gail's uh, voice message to help us with the
4: title.
2: (laughs) I know we talked about that off the top and then we didn't get there. But then Gail was like, I got you guys. Don't got you. (laughs) I've got it completely also i was fist pumping on the zoom call that only reema can can see when (laughs) when when you used the term murders or ghosts of murders past because that's because i was like i was like yes somebody else thought the same thing yes (laughs) pick was (laughs) me calling them that is
1: good it's yes pick was validated i can confirm that was awesome (laughs) that was really great analysis gail um always appreciated the time that you take uh to provide that that's some really great insight and um yeah I know and gosh you know I kind of wavered a little bit talking about you know knowing that season I mean it was all over the place and you couldn't help it, it was like mm. I, I saw it whenever I usually try to avoid that stuff and I thought man if I mention that or talk about it is it spoilery Um, so it kind of was for me but it was just like ah, it's out there and um people were talking mm. about it so sorry if that spoiled yeah. anyone as far as like how how season four might wrap up, knowing we were going to get a season five. So, anyway, thanks, Gail. Um, always appreciated um, for your thoughts, and thank you to everyone for taking the time uh, to write in um, or leave a voice message. We greatly appreciate it. Um, well, uh, here we are, folks. You know, next week we're going to be covering uh, season four, episode ten of you, titled. The death of Jonathan Moore. Ooh. I don't think we need it. I don't know that we need a description for that. You know, I don't provide them anyway. But yeah. I remember um, I'd made a comment when I was putting up all the Facebook posts for the for folks to leave their feedback, and whenever I uh, when they finally released the episode titles for the second part of season four, I saw that and I'm like, well, shit. Now I just want to. <laughs> This is like, I just want to binge now and get to this episode because it's so intriguing. But uh, here we are. So I'm excited to go watch that.
2: Yeah, we'll do that very soon. Yep. Yep. So if you would like to write in, leave us a message, voicemail, any of the things that we got. We'd love to hear from you. And you can find all the ways to do that and all the contact information over at podcastica.com.
1: And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows. Um Everyone is doing an amazing job on all the various shows, um, mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets, um, uh, Man- uh, The Mandalorian, um, all the new things that, um, uh, are so popular right now. There's a podcast for it, yeah. I'm sure.
2: <laughs>
1: um, covering a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And of course, um, While you're there, you have to check out Run For Your Lives um, with you and Daphne. You guys have been really, you've had some really interesting choices the last couple. Well, it's, oh, you guys always, I don't know how you guys come up with some of the things (laughs) that you watch. (laughs) It's always interesting. Um, But you guys have had some really great stuff the last couple of weeks. Do you have anything you want to tease this week?
2: Yeah. um, So it is our final movie of the season. And so we have a movie and then next week we'll do kind of our look back special. That we do at the end of every season. We're switching things up on that one a little bit. So that'll be interesting. Um, I'll probably give a little more info on that next week on how we're doing that. But as far as this, the movie we're doing, we always end the season with a Tremors movie. So we have worked our way up to uh, the sixth film in the franchise, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. (laughs) Takes place in the Canadian Arctic. Bert Gummer just doing his thing. And yeah, so I'm I'm so excited to do that. And then it's funny because then at the end of this month, I am going to New Mexico to a Tremors film festival with Michael Gross, Burt Gomer himself, plus Ron Underwood, the director of the first one, S.S. Uh, Wilson, the writer of the first five movies. Um, Was it? Uh, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't think of her name right now, but the actress that plays Jody Chang mm-hmm. and some of the early movies, uh, George R.R. R. Martin will be there. Oh, so- God. <laughs> All kinds of crazy stuff. So then, uh, when we start back up in the next season, uh, or maybe as a bonus episode, we'll put it up. But yeah, I'll, I'll have a little uh recap of how that thing went, how that went at the end of the month.
1: So <laughs> I can't wait to hear. That's so fabulous that you get get to go there, um, and experience yeah. that. Can't wait to hear. So about yeah, it. so
2: I'm excited for that. But yeah, so I I'm a huge Tremors. nut. Mm-hmm. I. I love them so much. I like. I'd say guilty pleasure, but Meh. I'm not even like guilty about it. It's just like, even when they're terrible, they, I love them so much. So. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. You just like what mm-hmm. you like, and that's okay. That's great. Um, well, looking forward to that, and also um, looking forward to hearing about that experience because it sounds like a blast. Yeah.
2: Sure. So, yeah, go anybody go check out Run for Your Lives, check out, yeah, Star Wars TV podcast, Yellow Jackets, WTF, all of those. Get the shows that you find over there on Podcastica that you enjoy. Make sure to give us a little extra love if you can, if you'd like to. Subscribe, review, rate, follow, whatever you do on your podcast player of choice always helps us out a great deal.
1: Yes, please. And thank you. Show a little love to all of our fellow Podcastica co hosts. Everyone's doing a lot of hard work for. Your entertainment.
2: For now, that is our show. Thanks for listening.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Kate. And Ginger Martinez is strange indeed.